In April of 2021, an Indonesian Navy submarine went missing for three days. When it was eventually found, it was confirmed that the sub was at the bottom of the sea and all 53 crew members were dead. The submarine had cracked into three pieces due to the pressure of the tons of water above. This incident is just one of many tragedies that have happened since submarines were first used extensively during World War I. Here are five disturbing submarine disasters. K-141 Kursk During the Cold War, the US fleet of aircraft carriers was a huge concern for the Soviet Union. They were seen as a double threat, a transport platform able to launch nuclear weapons at the USSR, and a hunter of the motherland's own nuclear missile fleet. The Soviet solution was to design an anti-class of submarine capable of killing large ships, especially aircraft carriers. They were nicknamed Oscar II by NATO. At its widest point, the Oscar IIs measured almost 60 feet and were 508 feet long, twice as long as a destroyer. They were powered by two OK-650 nuclear reactors, meaning that they were able to reach speeds of up to 33 knots because of a shipboard horsepower of 97,990. But they needed to be big because each sub carried 24 P-700 granite missiles. Each one weighed 15,400 pounds with a length of 33 feet, the size of a small plane. A granite had a maximum speed of Mach 1.6, a range of 388 miles, and carried a 500 kiloton warhead, meaning that an aircraft carrier would be evaporated with just one hit. The USSR built 13 Oscar I and IIs, including K-141, which was named Kursk, after the Russian city. Completed in 1994, she was allocated to the Northern Fleet. On the 12th of August 2000, the Kursk was taking part in a major training exercise in the Barents Sea with the Soviet aircraft carrier Admiral Kuznetsov and the battlecruiser Pyotvaretki. The Kursk was to feign an attack on the battlecruiser by firing dummy torpedoes. Suddenly, at 11.28am, there was a huge underwater explosion followed closely by an even larger one. It's believed that the explosion happened because one of the blank hydrogen peroxide fueled torpedoes failed. The first blast measured 2.2 on the Richter scale and was equivalent to 220 to 550 pounds of TNT. The second was equivalent to 3 to 7 tons and blew sizable shards of debris back through the sub. She sank vertically at a 20 degree angle in what was fairly shallow water at 354 feet. There were 118 men on board, but not all of them were killed right away. Lieutenant Captain Dmitry Kolnikov wrote a note that was dated two hours after the explosion. It said that 23 men had survived and had taken refuge in the ninth compartment of the sub. Despite help from both British and Norwegian rescue units, time ran out for the survivors. Sadly, all 111 crew members, five officers, and two engineers died. In 2001, a Dutch-led team raised the Kursk and recovered the remains of 115 sailors. Their bodies were returned to Russia for burial. The USS Scorpion The Scorpion was built at the Electric Boat Shipyard in Connecticut, USA during the summer of 1960. She belonged to the Skipjack class of nuclear submarines, a groundbreaking type of sub that had a streamlined shaped hull 
to maximize speed underwater and be capable of fast attack. The Scorpion was one of 19 nuclear subs from the Atlantic Fleet. She was based at Naval Station Norfolk in Virginia, headquarters of the US Navy's Fleet Forces Command. The demands of the Cold War meant that the US Navy's nuclear submarines were in constant service in the job of finding and stalking Soviet subs. This continual use had a damaging effect on the Scorpion. Her machinery suffered from serious oil leaks and her propeller shaft seal deteriorated, causing seawater seepage. The Scorpion was restricted to a depth of no more than 300 feet. While in 1967, she began to experience severe vibrations, although the cause was never established, the crew started to call her the Scrap Iron. In February of 1968, despite needing a serious renovation, the Scorpion was sent on one last deployment to the Mediterranean for a joint NATO exercise. The crew were able to enjoy some shore leave in Italy and Spain on their three-month posting before returning to Norfolk at the end of May. The Scorpion left the port of Rota, Spain, on the 28th of April. After leaving the Mediterranean, she headed west across the Atlantic. Her estimated time of arrival was 1pm on the 27th of May, although this original schedule was changed on the 17th of May. A group of Soviet warships were spotted off the coast of Africa, and the Scorpion was sent 1,000 miles southwest towards the Canary Islands to see what they were up to. At the submarine forced Atlantic Message Center in Norfolk, all incoming and outgoing messages were processed for all subs serving with the Atlantic fleet. Top secret encryption machines would take messages and scramble them into indecipherable nonsense. This random text was sent in Morse code via high frequency radio to the subs at sea. All incoming messages were taken already encrypted and broken using the same machines. Like all submarines out at sea, the Scorpion was scheduled to communicate an encrypted check report every 24 hours. This meant that headquarters would know that the situation was normal and everything was proceeding as planned. The Scorpion's orders were to send a broadcast once a day that read Check 24 Submarine Scorpion. While on the 22nd of May, no transmission was recorded, the USS Scorpion had disappeared. Five days later, the families of her crew members were waiting in vain for her return at Norfolk. In the Navy's Situation Room at the Pentagon, concerned officers were trying to work out where the Scorpion could be. It was established that she had to be somewhere along the 3,300 mile Great Circle route between Gibraltar and Norfolk. Perhaps the crew was still alive on board and struggling to correct some sort of mechanical failure, or the scenario that was becoming more and more likely was that she could be down. Either way, she needed to be found. An air-sea search was deemed futile. The sub was probably at a depth where it would not be seen from the air. So the chief civilian scientist of the Special Projects Division, John Craven, offered to help. In 1966, a B-52 bomber collided with a jet tanker on the Spanish coast. Three 70 kiloton hydrogen bombs had been dropped near the town of Palomares. Craven had found the H-bomb that had fallen into the sea by calculating its position using an obscure mathematical theorem. Now in order to find the missing submarine, Craven started by studying the readouts of the underwater hydrophones in Newfoundland and the Canary Islands. He found between five and eight underwater explosions at about the same time that the Scorpion was in the middle of the Atlantic. Craven knew that the water there was 11,000 feet deep, so there was little chance of survival. Nevertheless, 
He persisted, and by using estimates of the scorpion's speed and course, and comparing them with the acoustic anomalies, she was eventually located. On the 29th of October, the oceanographic research vessel, Mizar, found the scorpion on the seafloor. She had been torn apart, and all 99 crew members were dead. In a final report issued by the Navy Board of Inquiries, all reasons suggested for the accident involved some form of equipment failure, although Craven believes that it was caused by a fatal torpedo exploding in the hull. To this day, the exact cause of the disaster is unknown. Ming 361 Submarine number 361 was a Type 035 Ming-class diesel-electric submarine belonging to the People's Republic Army Navy, known as Plan. She was a more advanced Ming-3 model, so had the ability to fire guided torpedoes at opposing subs. 361 was entered into service in 1995 and was one of China's North Sea Fleet, 12th Submarine Brigade. On the 25th of April 2003, a periscope was spotted in the Yellow Sea by the crew of a fishing boat. Plan was notified and they sent two vessels to carry out an investigation. It was first thought that the sub was from Japan or South Korea, but the Chinese soon established that the submarine was in fact one of their own, the Ming Class 361. The next day whilst aboard the sub, all 70 crew members were found dead. They were still sitting at their stations, as though they had just fallen asleep, apparently suffocated to death. On May the 2nd, a statement was made by the military commissioner and former president Jiang Zemin. He honoured the sacrifice made by the Chinese submarine crew, although he was pretty vague about the cause of the incident, citing some form of mechanical failure. An inquiry was carried out and a month later, both the commander and commissioner of the North Sea Fleet were dismissed as well as eight other officers. The reason for the removal was cited as improper command and control. The Chinese government does not publish any results from its military investigations, and it was surprising that they chose to acknowledge this incident at all. 361 was on a naval exercise east of Beijing in the Yellow Sea and practicing silent running. This is the operating procedure used by the crew to make the submarine undetectable. For this reason, she was maintaining radio silence and Plan did not realize that there was a problem. It is unknown how 361 was recovered and what happened to cause the death of her crew. There were 70 men on board, which is unusual as a typical company would be 55 to 57. It was also strange that a high-ranking Commodore was on board. This has led to a theory that 361 was not on a routine mission. One theory is that the extra crew members were on board to observe tests of a new air-independent propulsion system. Another theory claims that the sub was leaking and seawater mixed with battery acid allowed chlorine gas to form and poison the crew. Yet another claims that the sub was on a dangerous exercise that caused her to end up nose down and stuck on the seabed. Although the reason that is most generally accepted for the deaths of the crew is use of the diesel engine. If the sub was snorkeling just below the surface of the water and an air intake valve closed but the engine did not shut down in response, then the motor would have used up the air supply in under two minutes. Any one of these explanations would reflect badly on both the training of the crew and the mechanical operation of the sub, neither of which would be acceptable to the Chinese government. And thus we are left with unanswered questions surrounding Ming 361 and the fate of her crew. 
Nurpa. The Nurpa was an Akula-class nuclear-powered attack submarine. The Russian-made sub was commissioned in 1993, but her construction was suspended for almost 10 years because of a lack of money. In 2004, the Indian Navy funded her build and trials on the condition that she would be leased to them at a later date. There were further delays, and the Nurpa was not launched for sea trials until October 2008. There was criticism over her construction and the quality of the metal used. It was alleged that the Nurpa took on water during her first tests, as her seams were not sealed properly. On November the 8th, the Nurpa was in Peter, the Great Gulf, at the Russian Pacific Fleet testing range. Her tests were being supervised by a team from the Immersky ship building plant. This meant that there were far more people on board than was usual. There were 208 in total, including 127 civilian engineers, as well as 81 military personnel. Every compartment on a Russian sub contains a fire suppressant system. During the sub's first underwater test run, at 8.30pm, the Nurpa's fire extinguishing system was activated. This sealed off two front compartments and filled them with Freon gas. Freon displaces oxygen, allowing it to smother fires quickly in confined spaces. In extreme amounts, it can cause mental confusion, lethargy, narcosis, and ultimately death by asphyxiation. Sadly, 20 people were killed in the accident, and 41 people were injured, many of them with frostbite, because of the freezing effect of the gas. The destroyer, Admiral Tribbutz, was sent to assist the submarine, and the injured were transferred to military hospitals to be treated. The Nurpa was not damaged in the accident, and had normal radiation levels. Three days later, a statement was issued by the Russian Navy that a crewman named Dmitry Grobov had turned on the fire suppressant system without permission. He was charged and faced imprisonment. Fellow crew members expressed skepticism, believing that Grobov was being used as a scapegoat. The suppression system on board was a new type, which had never been used on a submarine before. It could work in both manual and automatic modes, and was triggered by smoke or a rise in temperature. According to one engineer, it had already malfunctioned when still at the shipyard. A government package was put together to compensate the families of the victims. On January 4, 2012, the Nurpa was handed over to the Indian Navy for a 10-year lease. The sub was renamed INS Chakra 2, and the deal was said to have cost over $900 million. HMS Thetis Her Majesty's submarine Thetis was built at the Camel Laird shipyard in Birkenhead, England. She was a 270-foot T-class submarine belonging to the Royal Navy. The T-class were designed in the 1930s and were diesel-electric. They played a major role in the Navy's submarine operations during the Second World War, with 53 of them being built just before the outbreak in 1939. She was named for the Greek goddess of water and mother of the hero Achilles. The Thetis was launched on the 29th of June, 1938. In April of the following year, she was sent on her first sea trials for engine and steering. It was found that her steering gear had been connected wrongly. When ordered to swing port, she would go starboard, and vice versa. It was odd that this obvious mistake had not been detected earlier. There should have been diving trials in Garlock, Scotland which was the usual site for such tests. But because this preliminary run through the forward hydroplanes jammed into the hard-to-dive position and could not be changed, this caused the diving trials to be postponed. 
the Thetas was returned to Drydock in order that extra work could be carried out on her. When the Thetas left Birkenhead for what was to be her final diving trial, she was carrying 103 souls. There were her normal crew of 59 men, as well as other technical observers and nine Royal Navy officers. The complement also included two caterers from Liverpool, who were to provide sandwiches, pies and beers. She was led out by the tug, Griebercock, owned by the Liverpool Screw Towing and Lighteridge Company. The tug was to be an escort for the Thetis during the trial. She was also there to take the passengers on board before the Thetis made her first dive. Griebercock swung her boats out and offered them to the passengers, but they all refused, wanting to stay aboard the Thetis and experience a submarine dive firsthand. At 2pm, Commander Guy Bollas signalled that the dive would commence and the Thetis would remain submerged for three hours. The crew of the tugboat heard the loud whooshing sound as the main vents on the Thetis were opened, but it took her almost 50 minutes to actually disappear below the water. Then, just before 3pm, she suddenly went under. After 15 minutes, the Thetis was supposed to surface and then re-dive. This time was long past, and the crew of the tugboat realised that something was wrong. But the tug was positioned half a mile away, and unfortunately her anchor had not been deployed. So the Griebercock had continued to drift four miles further away from the diving area, finally losing sight of the position of where the Thetis had submerged. The tugboat sent a signal for support. Now it was starting to go dark, and the position of the Thetis was unknown. It was later discovered that when the torpedo tubes on board the submarine were coated with the bitumen, a tiny test cock hole had been blocked, and this is what led to the disaster. It seems incredible that such a small mistake could cause so much devastation. On board, a decision was made to empty the after tubes in order to raise the stern. This worked, and the stern rose until it was sticking 18 feet out of the water, but the escape hatch was 20 feet below the sea. There was no point in trying to escape until a rescue craft was directly above the hatch. Throughout the night, rescue teams searched desperately for the Thetas, until 7.45, a plane noticed her stern out of the water. She had been underwater for 18 hours. Those on board were very weak because of a lack of oxygen. On the first rescue attempt, two men died but another four were saved with the use of breathing apparatus. Cables were attached to hold the sub, but as a third attempt of rescue was made, for some unknown reason, HMS Thetis flooded with water and all those left on board were lost. The weight of the water caused the cables to snap and the submarine sank to the bottom of the seabed. Months later, a diver was killed because of a severe bend during the recovery attempt, although Thetis was raised and beached. All of the bodies recovered were buried together at Hollyhead in a mass grave. So that's it for this video. Thanks for watching, and as always, we'll see you in the next one.